makes me feel better when the sermon for the weekend aligns with what I was already going to say. I wanted to talk to you about the American captives of the new communism. There, there are American captives of the new communism, and they are being surrounded by people who suffer Stockholm Syndrome. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live in a very brief period of time, just a few minutes. Bring onto the program a friend of mine who is a legend in radio. Those of you who live in the separate country of Washington State will know him. His name's probably in the podcast notes, though, isn't it? Dory Monson's going to join me. So my thesis for the program, or this hour of the program, is that communism is in godly, ungodly, and humane. Both of those things. And it cannot be installed without people being trampled. And the suiciding of Seattle, which is in the province of Washington, is a case study in how the party can grind people down to nubs and turn them into screws in the machine. And I may well repeat that because I like the way it describes the new communism in America. And you can say it's not there, but you then are not completely unfamiliar with what is being done to the coasts. And we've talked this week already about the fact that this stuff is not happenstantial. This stuff is, it's, this is not incompetence. Incompetence breeds chaos. What the party's creating is not chaotic. It's pattern driven. It's predictable. It's always going to side with criminals. It's always going to punish peaceful citizens who do not take the need of the party. None of it is incompetence. Okay. It is very purposeful. And so much of it is aligned to, of course, what the Bible has told us. We'll talk about this. And I hope to get Dory to talk about his faith today in more detail, because I think that the, the, the separate country of Washington, the province of Washington, I believe it's politically fallen, but I also believe it's spiritually fallen. And there are some great people who continue to stay there and fight. Dory is amongst them. But let me just go through some news pieces real quick before we bring Dory on. Just, and this is just in the past few days from the separate country of Washington State. Todd Myers at the Washington Policy Center. Todd is a great, great data mind. Um, Washington State competency scores prior to and after the medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous destruction of the minds of schoolchildren. That was part of the Great Reset, which began in March of 2020. They want kids to be uneducated, angry, racist, little sex bots addicted to psychotropics. That's what they want. That's what they're getting. Spring of 2019, this is um, students meeting math standards. Spring of 2019, 47%. Fall of 2021, 30%. White kids, 557 in 2019, fall of 2021, 35%. Asian, 73.9, then 58%. Hispanic, 31.4, then 15%. Black, 27.9, then 13%. Native American, 25.8, 10%. Low income kids, 30.2.2%, now down to 15. Special ed kids, 15.9%, now down to 8%. 
This after the dictator of Washington state stole their schooling after the party is now shutting the schools down again, pretending it's because of a flu. That's the numbers. That's the data. Item two, and this is a national thing. Okay. Right back to the case study of communism in Seattle. FBI 2021 had the most intentional killings of cops since 1995, excluding 9-11. Okay. That's nationwide. But I've talked often about the fact that Seattle is a, a case study other people need to pay attention to. This is what the party wants. It is not accidental. It's pattern driven. It's observable. It's predictable. It's not chaos. None of the, it's chaotic to the people it's, that are put through it. It is not chaotic to the party. They know exactly what they're doing. In Seattle, the so-called new mayor, he's, he's, he's just another cog. Bruce Harrell is very, very upset that cops fooled a terrorist group. Yep, Seattle cops fooled, went on the radio and pretended the Proud Boys were marching up streets. For that, Bruce Harrell says, that's unacceptable. You're not allowed to fool people. Well, you're not allowed to fool terrorists. The guy who's made it impossible for cops to pursue people who steal cars, he's now announced his, his new thing. He doesn't want cops to be able to employ ruses. Like when a cop sets up a place where they're selling stolen goods or buying stolen goods. Nope, can't do that. Can't have cops going out pretending to uh, pimp teenage girls in order to catch people who want to rape teenage girls. Nope, can't do it. Always the same. None of this. None of this is accidental. None of it is incompetence. It is all purposeful. Seattle PD. Will no longer be able to pull over drivers who don't have license plates on their car as a primary reason to initiate a stop. Jason Rance had that story. So does Katie Davis Court. And that's just one of the many um, non-criminal stops they can't make anymore. The, the students in Seattle, just like the students in Chicago, are staging a walkout because they want tighter COVID safety rules. Because they've been traumatized by the party. And... Another Rance story, Jason, my former colleague from KTTH, Seattle teachers faked being sick today to force schools into remote learning. They pretend they want to teach in the classroom while shutting them down. Well, Rance has that story. That's just in the past week in the separate country of Seattle. This is the case study for what the party wants to be done. So I thought I would bring on an expert. So it has been far, far too long since I've gotten to turn to my friend and and significant for real radio legend, 25 years at the top of the market. And when I say he owns talk radio in Seattle, in terms of rating, that is a ratings. That's a statistical fact. Um, Dory Monson joins me now on the Todd Herman show podcast. I'm, Dory, I've gone, I've gone full caster. I'm, you know, I'm wearing here. I'm, I'm wearing me my, uh, Wearing me my bedroom slippers, Dory. That's how we do it in the podcasting world. So welcome to the Todd Herman Show. I got to get in that world, man. <laughs> we'll get out of that world. Uh, and the world that you're in, Dory. I mean, uh, you're very open talking about uh, the Marxist nature of Seattle. But I don't think people understand also, well, this is my judgment, uh, that it's also uh, a godless region. Or, you know, and God's there, but he's, you know, in some circles, we'll talk about this, I hope. He's sort of hated. So what part of this is also about God? Theologically, we're, we're in a literal battle of good versus evil. And we're just seeing the enemy manifest itself 
in almost every aspect of politics these days. And, and Seattle is, you know, one of a few ground zeros in America for this madness. And, and what they want is to let the criminals just run the region. And the reason for that is very simple. There are very powerful Marxist forces. And I know this sounds, when I start talking like this, people say, ah, it's a big conspiracy there. I will back this up any way you need. But there are very powerful Marxist forces, and they have written that the only way that they're going to rebuild the region in their image is to destroy it first. And so what we are seeing is an awful lot of people who are in the process of trying their darndest to destroy this region. And, and that's why we have all the insanity that you just ran down for your listeners a couple minutes ago. Well, and look, and this is, it is a hard bridge for people to cross. And I, I am deeply frustrated on, on a, on a statewide basis. I now call Washington state, the province of Washington, um, because I think it's, it's not a state, it's a separate country. And I, I truly believe that Jay Inslee is a dictator um, and acts like one. And, and, and I mean, he has the effect of being a dictator, but I have this deep frustration over there with Republican leadership, even people, Dory, who I deeply respect, um, and who I, I'm really aligned with, they have proof that that man lied about COVID deaths. They have proof that he has no idea how many people have died from COVID. Just recently, Michael Butcher did an analysis of the COVID data showing that the King County Department of Health has shifted cases out of the people who've been injected twice and moved them into the cases of people who've not been injected so that they don't have to admit it's 70 percent of people in hospital right now have been double injected but the republicans won't use that data they won't go and say insley is a liar and he is thuggish they simply cannot cross that bridge because of what you said that people think it sounds like a conspiracy theory um, right. but but dory i believe fundamental to what you're saying is it's not just crime um, I think it's attacking small businesses, and I think it goes to the governor's mansion in the province of Washington. Well, it's attacking. I mean, it's it's attacking every bit of the fiber of of our society. It's attacking not just crime and and uh, everything else. It's attacking the family. You know, one thing that I was talking about earlier this week is in in our state now. The insurance companies can do anything they want with the kids, with 13-year-olds, and not tell the parents anything about it. The parents still have to pay for it. But if a kid wants to undergo gender reassignment surgery or hormones at age 13, the parents are completely cut out of the equation there. And, And that's because they want to drive a wedge in families because government believes they, at least this type of government, Marxist government, that they can handle our kids better than we can. And so we're seeing it in small business. We're seeing it in families. We are seeing it in every aspect of society that people like you and me tend to care about the very most. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I prefer to call it the scientifically accurate phrase of a uh, phrase of, of genital mutilation surgery. Uh, sure. Yeah, because, it, you know, you can't reassign something that, well, doesn't exist. Um, sure. g- gender being a phrase completely, you know, poll tested and made up more more fundamentally to that, which you're, you talk about the divorce of parents from their kids on, on every topic. 
Um, and I go back to the party and I go back to pharma is so aligned to the party that's, you know, someone in pharma made a big turn and spent a lot of money because they benefit to such a great degree from this massive expansion of these so-called gender clinics. Like I often mention children's hospital in Seattle and sure. I, I, I imagine they're going to get into these surgeries now because it's such big money and, and Mary bridge and, and pharma sits on top of this and creates these customers for life. And then the party, and that is, I consider the party is pharma, media tech, academia, and the deep state. That, that to me uh, amounts to the party. They then create beings in their image. Now that's, Dory, that's a deeply spiritual thing. And <laughs> people who don't get the, 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 what, what is done to kids in that circumstance, hey, yeah, you're a brand new being. You've been born again and you're in our image um, I don't know how, how far, look, I'm a podcast, so I don't have the FCC rules. You know, we can't say God on the radio. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I mean, how far do you willing to follow me down this? Cause I just did a cast this uh, past week where I went through the analysis where I believe Satan was the first politician, first person to do a wedge issue to create a special victims, you know, group, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how spiritual do you think, the attack um, against the family is how spiritual do you think, uh, frankly, Dory, the attack against, um, you know, freedoms are, do you, do you think there's a spiritual com- uh, component to this? I, I don't know if it's overtly, I don't know if that is the motivation. I mean, I, I really do think that it is political Marxism is the motivation. Now it just so happens that Marxism has atheism is a primary tenet yep. of what it's all about. And, and so one way that you can only, and I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example. Seattle is one of the least church. We're always in a battle with San Francisco for two number ones in America. We're the least churched city in America, and we have the fewest number of children uh, in America per capita. Now, there's a very good reason why the city and the politicians have tried to create that. And it's because... At the center of any community, you have church and schools. That is where, since the beginning of America, that is where communities went to meet, to be with each other, to give each other strength, to give each other the type of, you know, I always talk about Rudyard Kipling, the the jungle book, the strength of the pack is the wolf, the strength of the wolf is the pack. Well, they don't want us strong. And so if you take away our ability to gather in church at our school, at our kids' schools for an assembly, for a you know, orchestra concert, then you've done a great job of taking away our strength. And if you do that, if we are weak as a society, we are much easier to control. And you know, we're seeing this with what's happening with COVID. We're seeing this with what's happening with crime. We're seeing this with what's happening with our children. And I truly do believe, Todd, that this is, about a very calculated political you know, means to an end. And, and I do believe that it's all designed to try to make us weaker. And that's why, as individuals, we have to find ways more now than ever to be strong and to reach out to each other. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I want to expand on what you're saying there. Um, first, I think you'll recognize this. I'm sure you'll recognize this. Um, you probably heard, Dory, that I have Zach Abraham on the program. Zach is the chief investment officer, Bowler Capital, host of Know Your Risk Radio. And good man, a it, very good man. He's a super good man. And I know you've endorsed him on your radio show, and I do that here. 
Um, people have been asking Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investment right now? Without hesitation, he says inflation. With all this money printing, still zero percentage rates. Inflation is very likely to rise. Inflation rises, bonds get crushed. And this has been six years. I've heard him on Dory's show. Dory's endorsed him for years. I'm, I'm doing it and, and happy to do this. And Zach's been saying, if you're using bonds in the old 60-40 mix is the, quote, safe portion of your portfolio, you may be taking a serious risk with your retirement. And look, if you're concerned about inflation, I am. We've talked about this. We've talked about in Zach's interviews. Get yourself educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. Bulwark will teach you all about it in this free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Their goal is protecting your portfolio against loss while seeking to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice that cannot be given without a client service agreement, Bulwark Capital Management and Investment Advisor Representative, Trek Financial LLC and an SEC uh, Registered Investment Advisor. So, Dory, we have the commonality of knowing Zach. Zach's also a great man of God, very Christian man. And I know you have a a faith background and a deep faith in God. So I want to expand a little bit on what you're saying. You know, we talked about what the attack on the kids. We talked about the attack on the families. You did miss something, by the way. San Francisco and Seattle are also tied in, in human poop spotting. Uh, so that's a really good point. Yeah, just, yes, let's, yeah, let's not forget that. Cause I think that's, you know, that's a feather in the cap. Um, yeah. You know, who else was the first to, who, who was the first to attack family in history? Uh, well, well, Satan. Right. Came between man and wife. I mean, he came yeah. right. And then he came, he came between ultimately caused the rift between uh, Cain and Abel. And he was there sure. through all that. I mean, if, if you can't be bothered to read God's word in the Bible, just listen to Mick Jagger, right. And sympathy <laughs> for the devil. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> You know, Mick, I mean, he's a man of something. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but look, it, it may not be, and I don't know people's hearts, so I can't go through the party and say, well, this person's, Possess, but I would tell you this: if there are, you know, there's Muslims in, in government, and many of them are fine, fine, you know, patriotic people. I don't mean to say that they're not. There's Jewish people, fine, patriotic Jewish people um, in government, absolutely. There's Christian people who are not patriots and and are terrible people in government. It would stand to me to make sense that there's probably people who, if not Satanists, are sympathetic to that. And if we can't go there, I would just say this. I think Satan looks at this and goes, tearing apart the family. We like it. We like that. So, of course. I mean, how do you view that? Well, I, I think that it's, it's very obvious with all of the problems that we have. And you look at our kids today, how they have the highest level of mental illness, psychological problems, suicidal ideation, and they are literally willing to destroy children as a means to their end. I mean, there's no, there is no health reason why kids have to sit on overturned paint buckets on 40 degree afternoons to sit and eat their lunch. Right. But, but, but we're willing to sacrifice children. We're willing to use them. And I'll, I'll give you another example of this. I talked about this on my show on, on Friday. So uh, in Seattle and all across the country, high school kids did a walkout because they yeah. are demanding better COVID health protocols. They want N95 masks provided by the government schools that all the kids can have. It was interesting, Todd, because early this school year, Kids had a big rally because they did not want to wear masks at school. And did the media cover that rally? No. They ignored it because it didn't go with the narrative. 
But now you have a hundred kids who would do a rally for masking. And all of a sudden it's the lead story on the news. And the larger point here, Todd, is that we have children in our schools who believe that they are going to die in a bloody massacre from some gunman who comes into the school. There are children who believe that they are going to drown because the oceans are going to rise and kill all of us. There are children who believe that they are going to die from coronavirus. And you want to know why kids have so many psychological problems, why they have the suicidal ideation that they have. It is because the kids didn't come up with any of that nonsense that I just mentioned. It is adults who have lost the war of ideas in an adult realm. And so they have to go to the emotional realm of using our children and frightening them, scaring them to death, making them psychologically crippled, believing that they're going to, you know, the truth is, you know, as horrible as, you know, school shootings have been, that kids are safer at public schools than they are at home, driving to and from school, on the sports field, statistically. School's about the safest place a kid can be. Physically. But they, they've convinced the kids that they are going to die because, you know, guns, anti-gun zealots have used our children. And so that, that's my big point, Todd, is the number of people who are willing to destroy children en masse so that they can try to win some kind of a political argument. And that is one of the most despicable things that's going on right now. No, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I would just say, I believe that schools are physically safe, but they're not mentally safe for kids. No. No, and this, no. And, but, and this is, this is Dory where like, when I made the decision, you know, to leave radio and to go put God at the center of this podcast and politics on the edges, I, I've really, I've grown God has grown. See, there I am screwing it up. God has grown me in, in a, in a pretty significant way in terms of kingdom view. I never understood that before what a kingdom view means. And the kingdom view is look, we are visitors on this earth in, in this, in this life. And this is not our home, but I look at things like Colossians uh, two, eight and the Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, see to it that no one takes you, um, takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. He speaks of captivity. And then I read Romans also the apostle Paul eight, six through um, 11. This is, yeah, this is just uh, yeah six through eight. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Dory, I look at those two things combined, and it seems to me you are describing the installation of critical race theory. You're describing the installation of transgender ideology. You're describing the installation of fear into kids that we worship the Fauci and that we worship the mask and the absurd plastic bucket things um, with the kids outside that that's in the flesh and in the fear. So I, I continue to go back to a spiritual component. If we're Bible believers, we believe that, that God has the victory, but there's going to be this period of time where good is evil and evil is good. So uh, for me, this goes beyond communism and it gets down to a frighteningly spiritual aspect to this as, as I view it from the high mountains of free America. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think in that Colossians verse that you just uh, mentioned, it talks of empty deceit. And, and that's what we are dealing with right now is all these people who, uh, I mean, 
you mentioned critical race theory. You know, let's go there for a second. For about 50 years, Todd, there, there were polls of Americans. Are race relations getting better in America? Yeah. And for 50 years, the answer was yes. We went from, you know, 18% who thought it was good back in the 60s to 20, 22, 26. And for 50 years, you see the graph and everybody believes that race relations are getting better in America until about 2020. And over the last couple of years, people have believed and perceived correctly, I think, because of all the hatred that's being taught, that race relations have gotten worse the last couple of years. Well, why is that? It's because our children are being taught to hate each other based on the color of skin. Uh, they're not being taught to you know, base their evaluation on the content of character. And so hatred is in, in a very basic element of what you're talking about, both spiritually and what they're doing politically with our, our kids and with yeah. each other. And yeah. I mean, if you look at, um, I was just thinking to, uh, earlier today, I was looking at some of my, my messages on social media and just how empty are the souls of people who just sit behind a keyboard and just spew bile every, every minute of yeah. every day. And they do that because, you know, nature abhors a vacuum and we have a lot of empty souls right now. And it's, getting filled instead of with something uplifting and yep. everlasting, it's getting filled with poison and bile and, and hatred. And, and it's, it's very sad. And that's why I love you know, what you're doing. I love what you're doing with this show uh, because you're, you're trying to find a message or to reveal a message, I should say that people just aren't getting anywhere else in our social media driven world. I appreciate you saying that. And, and God is, God has worked through uh, this clay pot that I am, this spoon, um, and has brought people back to church, back to the Lord, um, through the podcast and, and people who, you know, grew to listen to me because I got to fill in for rush. God rest him. I've had many people write and say, the Lord touched me through the show. And my biggest relief in that is that I don't feel any sense of accomplishment. Uh, and this is to me the medicine that that God gave me, Dory. And then I want to talk with you about this. If you'll if you'll bear with me, is just extend this just a little bit because I want to get to something the heart of this with you. Um, mm -hmm. I went through a travel, and you know more about my travels than anybody in radio. And you've always kept it private, and I I, I was so respected. Um, there was a prayer group. Um, at the radio station um, that, that prayed for me and my family. And I firmly believe that you saved us. Um, yeah, but, and, but, but I, I just have to correct one thing. Yeah. We weren't allowed to call it a prayer group. We were, uh, we were a, a support group. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to have the, the nicest person in HR. She really is come after you for that. She's, 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 she was a support group. She's a sweet yeah. lady. I, I, I correct myself. Uh, M I'll call you M HR lady. Bonneville, M. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but, but, but what, what I, my path in this, um, went this way that I, I was a young man brought up at the cafeteria Catholic mom. So Christmas, Easter, you know, um, she was cafeteria Catholic. So um, Christmas Eve is a big thing. Um, funerals. So I saw churches as buildings where you did that. I, I knew the story of Christ. I knew that. Um, so I was someone familiar with Jesus. 
Uh, and then I became, I, I got into a, a home of, of actual Christians and they were also a Catholic family deeply. I, I call them Jesus needers. That's how I identify myself a Jesus needer. Now mm-hmm. um, I got to them and I saw a functional Christian family. I saw Christianity at play in the home. I saw a, a father heading the household in a deeply respectful partnership with his wife. So then I became someone who understood faith in action. And then I became eventually a Bible reader and then a church goer and then a church funder. Um, then I, I strayed because I, I figured out that speed skating, my daughter's speed skating was far more important than church um, yeah. and, and God and such. But we talked about God a bunch. And every time I took her to speed skating, I'm like, you know, we should be going to church. And she said, no, you talk about God a lot. And Dory, during that time where you in that support group where you, you may have prayed once or twice, um, mm-hmm. when I finally spoke the following words, Dory, when I finally spoke these words, I said, Father God, I am not sufficient as a father. I am not sufficient as a husband. My human sufficiency, my human capacity for love and endurance and, and patience is insufficient. And I need you. I cannot complete this mission. And, and or, you know, I wear this lone survivor hat for a reason. Sure. Um, I cannot complete this mission without you, Father. I'm insufficient. And Dory, I was weeping, snot running down my beak. And I'm an ugly snot crier because I'll get the deep snot because I used to have the sinus issues. Yeah. Before I had me the, uh, before I had me the uh, surgeries. So I, I'd have the ugly snot. And by the way, so can, just, can we stop saying that word though? Yeah, yeah, but, I just, yeah but I just ran my, my music where I'm supposed to be doing a commercial uh, and I just realized <laughs> I didn't. So I'm just going to real quickly say, just go rate the podcast, please. But you can forget the part about snot. Just re- <laughs> rate the podcast that's your podcast platform. Dory's on. Give it five stars today, even if it's temporary. I mean, Dory's here for goodness sake. But Dory, when I, when I um, went through the actual act of submission on the thing that I thought that I, I thought I was a really good father. And I know myself to be a loyal and loving father who will do whatever he can for my little girl, uh, sometimes too much. But Dory, when I took the knee in that regard and I said to, to God Almighty, I'm insufficient, my life changed, brother. And, and I like to talk to people if they have any moments in their life, like a, a road to Damascus moment. Um, do you have anything like that in your life where, where God just became, you know, I describe myself as a Jesus needer, but did you have any moment like that in your life where, where your relationship to God became fundamental? It's, uh, I've, I've grown an awful lot through our mutual friends and, you know, the guys that you were just cryptically referencing because, uh, and one of our first conversations when we got together as a group was that epiphany moment. And uh, both of my dear friends had had what they described as an epiphany moment where, you know, very much like, like yours with the, with the nose discharge, the nasal discharge. (laughs) But, um, it, but and and I said I have not had that moment. Mine has been a, a kind, of, kind of the traditional, you know, Lutheran upbringing, yeah. uh, and and very. It was just always a presence in my life. But in one of those gatherings with these great men of God that uh, that are our friends, our you know dearest friends in business. Uh, I, I had one of those moments and it was, it was when I, I was really struggling 
in in a few different areas. And I was driving into work. We were going to meet this group that morning, and this song came on the radio. And it it it, it wasn't a coincidence. It was not. Uh, it was not just a random tune that happened to play, and I just lost it because I knew that through a 70s, cheesy 70s pop song, I knew God was talking to me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that, it, it wasn't quite as, as deep and powerful as, as yours and my other friend, but uh, I was open to it. And, and I think that was where I crossed this bridge was, for the first time, I was open to that concept of, of this isn't just background noise in my life, yeah. but this is the presence that I have to put front and center. And, uh, and, and the, the people that, that God guided me to in my life, again, it was, it was all very purposeful, and I had almost nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we started the conversation about, uh, it mentioned early on the unchurched nature of Seattle, which I, I firmly, and I don't, I see this sounds rude because it's your home and you're, you know, um, you stay and fight and I respect your decision. Um, but I truly believe it's fallen. And I don't think people even understand how fallen it is that, that um, the degree to which God is hated there. That's, that's the remarkable thing to me is I have, I had in Seattle, there's a couple of things that happened to me in Seattle. They're so indicative of Seattle. Number one is I was walking with my daughter and her uh, three cousins once through um, a restaurant in Seattle and a guy, I walked by and he goes, Gosh, is, is one not enough? Can you not just replace yourself? And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, well, I mean, you, you got to have four of them. It's not just enough to replace yourself. <laughs> I said um, to the kids, Hey, go with the nice waitress and have a seat. And so they went along and I said, so which, which three should I kill? And he goes, no, I wasn't saying, I said, no, you are. But, but I said, look, you're alive. Why don't you off yourself? And he's, and, and he was on like a first date and the lady's like kind of giggling at him. And he goes, look, if you want to get huffy, I said, no, I'll, I'll get plenty huffy. We can go outside and figure it out, but probably you should just stop acting the fool. That was one example. Yeah. Now I'm a different guy. I would treat that in a far different way and probably say, Hey, you know what? Those, those, those children were created by God. Like you were. Um, the other was I was up on Capitol Hill, Dory, and I was simply waiting to have, to have breakfast with a friend at the, what is it? The, um, is it the coastal cafe? Is that a place up on uh, uh, 15th? Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Beautiful breakfast place, local food. And I'm waiting outside and I had the Bible on the seat of my car and a guy walked by, he looked on my car and he walked up three feet and he turned back and he walked up to the car and put two fingers up in my face, just flipped me off with this just rage. And I, I, and he wasn't insane because Seattle's filled with crazy people. He walked oh, yeah. another three weeks, or three, you know, three blocks. I watched him. He walked into work and he took yeah. his time to do that. Now, I, I, granted, that's one guy in one city. Um, but I, I think that this is the biggest challenge of Christian people who live in your area to even speak the name of God. And one of the things I've challenged my listeners to do, Dory, is to normalize on a daily basis, four or five times saying, hey, God be with you. God bless yeah. you. To, re-norm- to normalize this, but am I wrong or am I exaggerating the nature of that um, in the Seattle area? 
Well, I'll, I'll give you an example, like your bird flipping Bible hater. Uh, <laughs> at, at the radio station, <laughs> there, there there was a coworker, and you you know this person. And uh, a few years ago, I was walking through the newsroom, and she sneezed. And I said, you know, because I I don't like I don't like the bless you, you know, for yeah. for reasons you know for the exact reason you were just articulating. So she sneezed. I was walking right behind her when she sneezed, and I said, "God bless you." And she said, "I'm an atheist." And I thought, how how can somebody take what? I mean, if if you're an atheist, what do you care if I was trying to be nice? Yeah. And I say, "God bless you," but it was like it was a badge of honor, you know. Yeah. They're like the people who wear a paper mask over their N95 mask. It's not enough to just be an atheist. They have to proclaim yeah. to the world, uh, you know, their kids aren't just vax, right. but they're vax and double now. Right. And, and it's the exact same mentality. We just have to show everybody how much we hate so that, uh, you know, they'll really understand how cool and hip we are. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you said the guy who flipped off your Bible – was one man in one city. No, it is much bigger than that. It is everywhere in the media, in the mainstream media, where um, it is not just acceptable, but it's fashionable to slam Christians and Christianity, things that they would never dare do for any other religion. I have to just, I have to expand on something. Did I stop at an important point? Because I I, I mean, our friends, Tom and Curly used to say, John used to say, why don't I finish my point? Then you can, then you can keep interrupting me. Um, Yeah, there you go. Right. So, I was in the same building, same radio station, and I have nothing disparaging to say about uh, Bonneville. They gave me, the, I don't know if you heard how they let me sign off and the promos that ran about me. It was so touching. No one gets to do that in radio. I felt so gratified. Um, Absolutely. I was just tell you that there is a, there's a producer in the building. Um, and one day we were working and this producer kept saying, you know, blank, damn it. You know, the Lord's name and damn it. Kept saying, mm-hmm. and I finally just turned around and said, Hey, um, pardon me. That's, that's really offensive to me. Uh, I, I'm not in the business of telling people how to talk. I just need to share with you that that really hurts me when I hear that. He laughed in my face. Yeah. And then, right. and then I, I sat there looking at him. He goes, are you serious? I said, I am. And I'm, I, he goes, what you're, you're telling me to stop. I said, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, I, I just letting you know, it hurts me to hear it. And he had no yeah. idea how to respond. And he was frozen, like blue screening. I said, you know, now, now do Muhammad. And he saw it. He shook his head and went back to his work. Never did he come to me and say that was profound or thank you for sharing your feelings. Or, you know, I, I just, I, I just saw this look on his face. Like, I cannot believe this guy just said this to me. His, to his credit, he didn't run upstairs. He certainly didn't pick up chairs and throw them at me or call me an, um, you know, a white supremacist or something. Um, but, <laughs> right. Um, but I, I, that, that form of casual hatred um, that just, 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 it just falls out of people's mouths. That's deeply disconcerting to me. So um, and, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. You know, um, and this is a relatively small thing, but it's become very fashionable to destroy family home Christmas decorations. 
Uh, and, you know, we had a, a rash of inflatable Christmas decorations that were slashed by, you know, marauding punks last month. And, and I was saying on my show, can you, and because I was watching TV news and they said, well, the Grinch struck again. Like it was just some cartoonish thing. What? And if somebody was attacking symbols of, of Judaism or of Islam, people would be screaming about the hate crimes that are being committed. But when it's Christianity, it's, oh, the Grinch is at it. Well, what was the series of the Houses of Worship that is a Christian sect that kept getting burned down? And I hope I didn't offend people by calling it a sect. Was it, uh, you remember this story? It was Seventh-day Adventists or um, it was. Uh, uh, vaguely, vaguely know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Their churches were getting burned and there were like seven of them. And I remember going to people who worked in news saying, why are we talking about this as hate crimes? Well, it's unclear who's doing it. Okay, but, Mm -hmm. you know, everything else is a hate crime. So, look, I know I have kept you incredibly long. And I will just flies on by when I'm chatting with you, my friend. Well, I want to talk to you off the air or air. See how old I am. This is I want to off. I don't even know how you say that off the cast. So don't hang up. But let me say this. Dory's show is at CairoRadio.com. And his podcast, I mean, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it does really well. It's, 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 it's really good. The radio show, (laughs) the radio show is significant. It owns Seattle and he is the voice of common sense there. And and the uh, watchdog of, of waste, fraud, abuse, listen to his program and you'll learn more about what could be headed your way. than you're going to want to know. And and from time to time, he has people like uh, uh, Barbara Streisand, not Barbara Streisand, but you get some big, big (laughs) name. She's coming on. So thank you uh, for coming on. Give Nicole a hug and uh, go with God's good grace. All right. Thank you, Todd. Love this. Take care. All right. Uh, Dory Monson with us. And man, we went long talking to Dory. Uh, I could have gone longer. I, I like the fact that we can get someone of his stature to talk about his faith. And folks, please remember to speak the word of God daily, at least four or five times. Let's renormalize the speaking of God. Yahweh, if you like. A lot of listeners who say, use his name. This is the Todd Herman Show. So thank you for supporting it, telling your friends about it. Please do go be well, be strong, be kind, and of course, be right with God.